Did you know over 90% of podcast listeners take direct action on the advertising they hear? It's smart, right? And smart advertisers know Acast. We power thousands of podcasts all around the world, including the one you're listening to right now. If you want to reach immersed listeners in lots of different creative ways, then Acast's fully curated brand safe marketplace is for you. Visit acast.com slash advertisers to find out more. Acast, for the stories. Due to the current UK lockdown, this week's The Daily News and Brief podcast is being recorded remotely. Welcome to The Daily News and Brief podcast. Today is the 23rd of April and this week's main story is... Education Secretary Gavin Williamson has insisted the Prime Minister has been leading the government's response to the coronavirus pandemic after a report in the Sunday Times revealed that Boris Johnson did not attend five emergency COBRA meetings on the virus in February. One senior government advisor told the paper that Johnson didn't work weekends or do urgent crisis planning. When he finally attended a COBRA meeting to discuss the virus in March, it was almost certainly too late, the report states, as transmission to the UK had already been confirmed. The report also claimed that warnings to the government about the threat of the virus fell on deaf ears and cites scientists, doctors and emergency planners who alleged that the UK was in a poor state of readiness for a pandemic following austerity cuts to NHS training and personal protective equipment stockpiles. The government has since published a detailed rebuttal of the Sunday Times report, claiming the article contained a series of falsehoods and errors. At the government's daily briefing on Monday, Chancellor Rishi Sunak insisted the government was doing absolutely everything it could to source personal protective equipment, or PPE, for health and social care staff on the front line of the pandemic. Sunak was asked by reporters whether ministers were ashamed that some NHS workers still do not have adequate protection. Responding, the Chancellor insisted all staff deserve to have the equipment they need to do their job safely and said the government was working to resolve a delayed shipment of vital PPE, which had been due to arrive in the UK on Sunday. The first batch of the shipment eventually arrived on Wednesday. Meanwhile, the European Commission has said the UK was given ample opportunity to join an EU scheme bulk buying PPE, contradicting government claims that Britain did not receive an invitation in time. The Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, has denied that ministers made a political decision not to participate. According to reports in The Guardian, more than 100 frontline NHS staff have died after contracting the virus so far. Among the latest victims was Manjeet Singh Riach, the UK's first Sikh emergency medicine consultant. Riach died at the Royal Derby Hospital where he worked on Monday. He has been described by his colleagues as the father of the emergency department. The 52-year-old's death follows the news that Public Health England has begun recording virus cases by ethnicity after research suggested people from black, Asian and minority ethnic backgrounds are dying in disproportionately high numbers compared with white people. At the first virtual Prime Minister's questions on Wednesday, Labour leader Sakia Starmer challenged the government on its pandemic response. Addressing Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab, who is deputising for the Prime Minister, Starmer said... There is a pattern emerging here. We were slow into lockdown, slow on testing and slow on protective equipment. Rob defended the government's record, saying it remained incredibly difficult to source PPE and assisting the UK would meet its target of 100,000 tests a day by the end of this month, despite fewer than 20,000 tests being carried out on Tuesday. Starmer also questioned Rob on the government's failure to collect accurate data on the number of deaths among care home staff. The Foreign Secretary admitted the government did not know the precise figure. According to new data published by the Office for National Statistics, ONS, the number of COVID-19 deaths in care homes in England and Wales has more than quadrupled in a week. By the 10th of April, ONS data showed 1,043 people with the virus had died in care homes, up from 217 the previous week. However, figures collected by The Guardian suggest the actual number may be as high as 7,500. The data has fueled concerns that the government's official death toll does not reflect the true number of fatalities. The National Care Forum has warned there are significant flaws in the current national reporting. 
On Wednesday, it was confirmed a further 763 people with the virus had died in UK hospitals, bringing the total number to 18,100. However, there are estimates that the overall death toll is far higher. Analysis of ONS data by the Financial Times suggested as many as 41,000 people may have died after testing positive for the virus. Official figures released this week appear to confirm that under-reporting, showing deaths in care homes have doubled despite less than 20% of death certificates mentioning COVID-19. When asked about the Financial Times figure of 41,000 deaths, a junior health minister said, that is not a figure that I recognise. However, the health secretary has told MPs the UK is now at the peak of the epidemic. Delivering an update to the House of Commons on Wednesday, Matt Hancock said the country would now be introducing a system of contact tracing on a large scale. Much of this tracing is expected to be conducted via a new NHS app, which is being trialled at a Royal Air Force base in Yorkshire. The app uses Bluetooth signals to track the proximity of smartphone owners and alerts users if someone nearby develops symptoms. Despite reaching the epidemic's peak, Chief Medical Officer Professor Chris Whitty has warned that the UK will not be able to abandon social distancing measures until a highly effective vaccine is developed. On Tuesday, the Health Secretary announced new funding for vaccine trials in Britain. Hancock said £22 million would be made available to a team at Imperial College London to trial a potential vaccine protecting against the virus. A further £20 million will go to a team at Oxford University, which is set to begin human trials of a potential vaccine today. On Monday, it was reported that British households will have £43 billion less cash available for essential spending during the second quarter of 2020, as the pandemic pushes the UK into recession. According to the Centre for Economics and Business Research, CEBR, UK households' disposable income will drop 17% between April and June, amounting to a monthly fall of £515 per household. The CEBR said the biggest increase in unemployment is expected to be among low-paid workers. Meanwhile, the government's furlough scheme has opened for applications. The job retention scheme allows employers to claim a cash grant to cover up to 80% of staff wages, up to £2,500 a month. The Chancellor said HMRC had received applications from 140,000 UK firms seeking furlough grants on Monday. The Treasury has pledged to send firms the necessary funds within six working days. Elsewhere in the world, several countries have begun easing lockdown restrictions. In South Korea, officials have announced plans to loosen some measures after just eight new virus cases were reported on Sunday. In Israel, where lockdown measures have been in place for the past five weeks, the government has now allowed for the partial reopening of some stores. The perimeter for exercise has also been extended to 500 metres from a person's home and outdoor prayers permitted for up to 19 people standing two metres apart. In Germany, smaller shops reopened on Monday after the authorities declared the epidemic under control. Germany's death rate has remained significantly lower than many other European nations. Scientists believe the country's mass-scale testing in diagnostic labs has played a vital role in keeping mortality rates down. In Italy, authorities have said they intend to unveil plans for the gradual reopening of the country by the end of this week. It comes after the number of people infected with the virus dropped by 528 to 107,709 on Monday, the country's first significant fall since the outbreak began. In the US, President Trump has announced a 60-day ban on immigrants seeking to live and work in the US permanently. Democrats have labelled the move xenophobic scapegoating, with Congressman Jerry Nadler accusing Trump of attempting to distract us from his fumbled COVID-19 response by trying to put the blame on immigrants. More than 40,000 Americans have died after contracting the virus so far. Despite the toll, protests have been held in several US states demanding that governors lift lockdowns and permit the reopening of businesses. President Donald Trump has appeared to endorse the protests, calling lockdown orders in some states too tough. Meanwhile, officials in Beijing have dismissed the US state of Missouri's efforts to bring legal action against the Chinese government over its handling of the coronavirus outbreak. The lawsuit has been filed in US federal court by the state's top lawyer and accuses China of lying about the danger posed by the virus. Beijing said the move was nothing short of absurdity and lacked any factual or legal basis. In UK news, 
Prince Harry and his wife Meghan Markle have cut ties with the British tabloid press. In a letter sent to the editors of The Sun, Daily Mail, Mirror and Express on Sunday night, the couple said they would be adopting a policy of zero engagement and would no longer respond to the paper's inquiries. Duke and Duchess said they refused to offer themselves up as a currency for an economy of clickbait and distortion. A message from the couple's representative said, Media have every right to report on and indeed have an opinion on the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, good or bad, but it can't be based on a lie. The couple's letter comes as Meghan prepares to challenge the mail on Sunday in a court case beginning this week. The Duchess has accused the paper of invading her privacy and misusing personal data after it published excerpts of a letter she sent to her father in 2018. Small businesses who are seeking to access government coronavirus loans are being targeted by fraudsters, the Times has reported. The paper said criminals had created fake websites mirroring government pages and were posing as officials to fine businesses after accusing them of operating illegally during the lockdown. More than 60 websites linked to virus scams have been removed so far. Ben Russell of the National Crime Agency's Economic Crime Centre said forces were targeting firms attempting to apply for financial support. Criminals are really agile. They prey on people's fears and insecurities. Every type of way the government is trying to support people is an opportunity, he added. The Department for Education has announced a new initiative aimed at providing disadvantaged pupils in England with laptops to help them study at home during the virus lockdown. The initiative will allow some disadvantaged children who are preparing for their GCSEs to borrow laptops from school. Education Secretary Gavin Williamson said access to laptops would take the pressure off parents with children at home. Some families will also be provided with 4G routers to help children connect to the internet. However, the initiative has not made a specific number of laptops available and has no set budget, meaning it will be up to schools to decide who can access a computer. Asda has cancelled a quarter of its orders with clothing suppliers, despite reporting record grocery sales since the start of the pandemic. The supermarket chain, which is owned by US retailer Walmart, said it will be paying its suppliers 30% of the order value for those which are not yet completed and 50% of the value of those which are completed. It has agreed with suppliers that the orders can be resold or donated to charity. According to the Sunday Times, the decision has angered suppliers as Asda's clothing range, George, is still on sale in its stores. It is ridiculous for a company the size of Walmart not to pay for orders, one supplier said. The prostate cancer death rate is forecast to fall almost 10% in the UK this year, according to research by the University of Milan. Researchers studying survival rates in the UK and across the rest of the EU have found evidence of better diagnosis and improved surgery and radiotherapy techniques. The improvements have helped lower prostate cancer death rates in nearly every country in the EU. Researchers' calculations suggest there will be 11.99 prostate cancer deaths per 100,000 men in the UK in 2020, down from 13.25 per 100,000 in 2015. New data from the Office for National Statistics has shown the UK's job market weakened in the three months to February ahead of the coronavirus outbreak. During this period, unemployment rose from 3.9% to 4%, wages continued to fall following a peak in June, and the number of job vacancies fell for a 10th consecutive month. Discussing the figures, John Philpott, director of the Jobs Economist Consultancy, said, Given what we know about the massive shock to the economy in the past month, it's disconcerting to see that the jobs market was already starting to look a bit off-colour when COVID-19 arrived on our shores. The number of unemployed people is expected to surge in the coming months as firms struggle to combat the financial impact of the virus lockdown. The next London Fashion Week will be held entirely online, organisers have said. The event, which is due to be held in June, is also expected to merge its women's wear and men's wear shows. It will feature a multimedia agenda of interviews, podcasts and digital showrooms. The decision follows similar adaptations made by Fashion Weeks in Shanghai and Moscow, where events were held online and in accordance with coronavirus distancing rules. British Fashion Council Chief Caroline Rush said, By creating a cultural Fashion Week platform, we are adapting digital innovation to best fit our needs today and enacting something to build on as a global showcase for the future. 
Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe's temporary release from prison in Iran has been extended for a further month, according to her MP. Tulip Sadiq, MP for Hampstead and Kilburn, said she had heard from Zaghari Ratcliffe's family that her leave from prison would be extended in line with other prisoners in Iran. Some inmates have been temporarily released while the country battles the coronavirus pandemic. A British-Iranian citizen, Zaghari Ratcliffe was jailed in Tehran in 2016 after travelling to Iran to introduce her daughter Gabriella to her Iranian relatives. She was charged with plotting to overthrow Iran's government. Reacting to news of her extended release on Tuesday, Tulip Sadiq said, Now is the time for our government to do all it can to make it permanent. Boohoo has reported a rise in its sales as workers attempt to keep up appearances with colleagues on video conference calls. A spokesperson for the online clothing retailer said, Sales of tops have gone up in particular, with everyone wanting to look smart on Zoom calls. Other sought-after items included homeware, such as hoodies and tracksuit bottoms. Boohoo said trading in March had been mixed, although performance had improved in recent weeks. The news prompted the company's shares to rise 5.5% during morning trading on Wednesday. A man has been arrested by armed police in Kent after reportedly firing a weapon from a balcony. Kent police urged the public to avoid the dockside area of Chatham on Wednesday after a video emerged showing a man firing gunshots from a top-floor balcony. The said officers were called at 8.35am on Wednesday to reports of a disturbance at a flat on Dockhead Road. Four armed officers entered the building and Kent police later confirmed that a man in his 30s had been arrested on suspicion of firearm offences. The National Union of Students has called on universities to grant UK students the option to retake or be reimbursed for this academic year. It follows a survey of nearly 10,000 student union members across the UK, which found 33% are at critical risk of being unable to access their education, and 74% are worried about the risk to their final qualifications as a result of the pandemic. The union wants to see institutions offer the option for every student in every part of education to redo this year at no further cost, with full maintenance support. Elsewhere in the world... UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has urged governments and armed groups to immediately cease military action to help tackle the coronavirus pandemic, saying, The fury of the virus illustrates the folly of war. His call for a global ceasefire has won strong support from more than 50 countries, including the UK, France and Germany. However, a move to secure UN Security Council backing for a ceasefire has been blocked by the Russian government and Trump's administration in the US. US objections allegedly arise from concerns that a far-reaching measure could hinder Washington's military operations against terror groups, such as the battle against ISIS in Iraq. Moscow is believed to have similar concerns about the ceasefire's impact on Russian military operations in Syria. French President Emmanuel Macron reportedly hopes to break the impasse by proposing a draft security resolution, which welcomes Guterres' appeal, but does not insist on a binding universal ceasefire, meaning exceptions can be made at the discretion of member states. 22 people have died in Canada after the country faced its most deadly mass shooting in over three decades on Sunday. Officials said the 12-hour rampage began in the rural town of Portapique in Nova Scotia, where several bodies were found and multiple properties were set on fire. Authorities said the gunman, 51-year-old Gabriel Wartman, was eventually killed during a standoff with police. He had been driving a car modified to look like a law enforcement vehicle. Police officer Heidi Stevenson was among the 22 victims. Royal Canadian Mounted Police Commanding Officer Lee Bergman said Stevenson had answered the call of duty and lost her life while protecting those she served. Thailand is now home to its largest number of leatherback sea turtle nests in two decades as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, the Phuket Marine Biological Centre has said. The centre said environmentalists had discovered 11 nests belonging to the endangered turtles, the highest number in 20 years. It is thought that Thailand's lockdown and its resulting empty beaches have encouraged turtles to lay their eggs. If we compare to the year before, we didn't have this many spawn because turtles have a high risk of getting killed by fishing gear and humans disturbing the beach, the centre said. A 
Officials in China and South Korea have dismissed speculation that Kim Jong-un is critically ill after a Seoul-based website claimed he had undergone heart surgery. Website Daily NK alleged the North Korean leader was receiving treatment at a private villa following an operation earlier this month. On Tuesday, South Korea's presidential Blue House said there was nothing to confirm rumours about Kim's health. The comments were echoed by China's International Liaison Department, which deals with North Korea, and told Reuters there was no reason to believe Kim was seriously ill. Speculation has grown about Kim's health after he failed to attend an event marking the birthday of his late grandfather, the country's founder, on the 15th of April. The price of US oil gained ground on Tuesday after plunging to minus $37 on Monday. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a decline in economic activity, leading to a collapse in demand for oil that has been worsened by an oversupply of the fuel. Monday's negative fuel prices were the result of a trading deadline and refer to the market price of oil for future months. Explaining the collapse, Rachel Winter of Killick & Co said, Nobody wants to take delivery of oil next month because there's nowhere to store it, so the price dropped below zero. The price has since recovered and had risen close to a positive figure by Wednesday. The latest European State of the Climate report has revealed Europe had its hottest year on record last year. Published on Wednesday, the report on 2019 found the continent experienced periods of exceptional heat in February, June and July, as well as recording one of the wettest Novembers on record. During summer last year, Central Europe experienced a drought and temperatures in some areas were as much as 3 degrees to 4 degrees higher than normal, the report said. Its data echoes the findings of other studies showing a distinct warming trend worldwide, including the 2019 World Meteorological Organization report, which confirmed last year was the planet's second hottest on record. The founder of Hong Kong's Democratic Party has warned there will be more unrest and fatalities if the authorities try to pass anti-subversion legislation, outlawing sedition and subversion. Hong Kong saw months-long anti-government protests last year. Speaking to The Guardian, 81-year-old Martin Lee said any attempt to pass the laws before the September legislature elections will result in deaths for sure. The Communist Party won't show any mercy. They have already stated their stance, he added. Lee was arrested alongside 14 other veteran pro-democracy figures on Saturday over charges of illegal assembly. Lee said his arrest was part of Beijing's broader plan to tighten its control over Hong Kong in the wake of the protests. A British man described as a jihadist rapper has been arrested in Spain. Abdul Majid Abdul Bari, who adopted the rap name El Jinni, is a known British member of Islamic State. He had not been heard of since fleeing from Syria to Turkey in 2015 after the US coalition joined the battle against ISIS. Spanish police arrested Abdul Bari alongside two other men suspected of extremism in the city of Almeria on Tuesday. The men had reportedly been under surveillance and MI5 was alerted ahead of Abdul Bari's arrest. It remains unclear whether the authorities will seek to extradite him to the UK to face terror charges. Our facts of the week are A survey by YouGov has found that just 9% of Britons want life to return to normal once the coronavirus pandemic is over. The poll of 4,343 people revealed that 42% now value food and other essentials more, 51% have noticed cleaner air outdoors, and 40% said there is a stronger sense of community in that area since the outbreak began. More than half of respondents said they hope to make changes to their own lives in the wake of the crisis. <laughs> Professor Brian Cox, EastEnders actor Danny Dyer, and naturalist Sir David Attenborough were among the famous faces leading lessons for the BBC as the broadcaster launched its new virtual learning programme on Monday. Professor Cox is teaching science topics, such as forces and the solar system. Attenborough will deliver geography lessons on topics such as oceans. And Dyer, who is a direct descendant of King Edward III, will provide history classes. The virtual schooling programme consists of six 20-minute programmes each day and is aimed at helping children continue their learning at home during the lockdown. Captain Tom Moore has been sent more than 65,000 cards celebrating his 100th birthday. The war veteran made headlines last week when he completed a fundraising challenge to walk 100 laps of his garden before he turned 100 on the 30th of April. 
He has raised more than £27 million for the NHS. According to the South Midlands Mail Centre, more has already been sent 65,000 cards. None of the team have ever known one person received so much mail, centre manager Stephen James said. And finally, 16 million new subscribers joined Netflix during the first three months of 2020. The US company said it had seen its sign-up numbers almost double from January to March when compared with the final months of 2019. With many populations housebound as a result of coronavirus lockdowns, demand for streaming on the platform has soared, leading Netflix to reduce its video quality in Europe to ease pressure on internet service providers. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.